755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? I don't know. What's up, Dave? Not much, man. I was just looking at, uh, I was kind of going all over the internet this morning, checking out stuff. And uh, what jumped out to me on a positive, because the Braves could use positives right now, was the catch that Michael Harris made last night in double A. And it was Andrew Jones-like. I mean, it was, that was as good a catch as you'll see, I think, in the majors this year. With yeah, that, he, he as far as extension. going as far as going horizontal, you might see somebody yeah. go higher over a fence or whatever. But that was impressive. And then he had the wherewithal to get up, throw home, and keep the guy from tagging and scoring. How did the guy not score on that play? Unless he just didn't think he was had any chance of catching it and had a big lead and we had to go back. You're talking me into it. I don't like to get too excited over prospects, but you know, seeing that highlight and his numbers and his swing, you know, it's oh, hard not to get excited about him. He's a five tool stud, dude. There aren't many can't misses. There aren't many at all. And he's a can't miss. I will go on the record as saying he is a can't miss. People can keep this highlight and show it to me 10 years from now. <laughs> so you remember when you said he was a can't miss? Because he's God, a can't I've seen, miss. I've seen so many can't misses. I don't like even putting the label on somebody. So that's a bold move. But I'm proud The of last you. one I said can't miss on was Acuna. Well. You got that and right. And before that, I mean, that was an obvious one. He had to be a dumbass not to get that one. And I don't remember the one before that. You know, I, I pretty, but I was wrong, like on uh, Jason Hayward, because I didn't see the hole in his swing that I should have listened to some people who said. Yeah. Well, people, people were saying Freddie. Yeah. Terry Pendleton was the one who said, Freddie Freeman is the one you guys need to be focusing on. He's going to be the one. With, he's got the swing. See, and that's the thing about prospects, too, is it's like if. Jay Hay had this absurd power tool. Right. Like he's hitting balls over the cars in the parking lot. And, Breaking and, windows. And it's, you know, if you watch Freddie, I watched Freddie in the minor leagues, and I wasn't that impressed with him. But I knew he was a, a solid player. Like, you could yeah. look at Freddie and just think, I don't really know what's wrong with him. There's nothing yeah. he's doing. He's not hitting moonshots. You know, he seems to be picking everything at first base. He has good at bats. He looks like he's always balanced. That was what impressed me the first time I saw him play in the minors. Never looked off balance. But that's not something that's going right. to just – it's not eye-popping. It's, nobody right. freaks out about somebody's balance. But that's kind of what I think is tough about a lot of prospects is, is you freak out about their athleticism and everything. And – I always try to tame it because I've seen so many over the years, especially when you're at the lower levels. There's always this guy in A-ball that's just, oh, my God. Brandon Wood. Brandon Wood hit 48 homers in A-ball one year. And we're just like, this guy's Babe Ruth. But we couldn't execute the pitches that you needed to execute to get him out. Um, But Harris, man, he's getting excited. And it's a guy like Hayward. He could, with that power tool, in the minor leagues, especially back then, scouting's a little better now in the minor leagues than it was back then. But back then, teams weren't going to exploit the hole in his swing in the minor leagues. Right, He's and nobody gonna... practiced that pitch up and into a lefty. Right. He, so he just destroyed AAA pi- or AA pitching. I don't even think he played AAA before he came up, did he? Anyway, he uh, that power tool... You because know, he's hitting home runs in spring training, mostly you know batting practice home runs where he's breaking car windows, and uh, and he hit a few in the games too. I remember at uh, at Lakeland, he hit one over the roof of that batting cage facility mm-hmm. on the right of right field. So it wasn't just in batting practice, but again, 
it's spring training, you know? Yeah. There's not guys that are looking at film and video and exploiting weaknesses, but once teams found it, they it's just all live over. there. And yeah. you can never change a swing and, and adapt and make those adjustments. Yeah. And it's that you know, was I mean, his swing. I love Jay Hay. So it's tough. Like the conversation's tough for me. But, it, you know, I remember when we were playing the Phillies. That, that, you know, he had a pretty good year in nine. He was decent in 10. But I just yeah. remember slowly seeing Chooch, their catcher, um, just, yeah. I mean, it just set up inner half and just put his glove belt high enough for, for series after series. And that, that starts getting around the league. And that's kind of, that's what's tough about getting, for me, super excited about offensive stats in the minors mm-hmm. is the reason the pitchers are there is because they're not quite able to execute that pitch. And to Jay Hayes' credit, when they miss down away out yeah. of the plate, he destroyed it every time. Yes. You know, and Probably. but you'd even see teams try to trick him wow. and, and they they'd go up and in, up and in, and then and then try to fool him with something down away and he'd just yoke it. Yeah. And he still it, does that occasionally. He still does. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of like he's if Jay Hay didn't have all the hype he had when he came up, right. If he just came up and you're like, right. We got this guy, you know, he's a good player. He's yeah. had a great career, but it's it's when you set that bar as like what we're setting for Michael Harris, where there's nowhere to either you – it's a really thin line right. of living up to those expectations or, or being looked at the way we're talking about Jay Hay. But where it's Freddie, he's exceeded all that. Right. If the roles the, had just been reversed. Yeah. Freddie would be like, oh, up, he's who we thought we – They were locked at we the hip coming up in the minors for uh, three levels. Yep. And then Jay Hay gets – Gets up here a year before Freddie. He's in the opening day lineup. Fred doesn't get called up till the end of the year. And uh, if that had been reversed and Freddie had made the opening day lineup and Jay Hay had spent another year down in the minor leagues and everybody was focused, it would have been totally, he would have been viewed totally different. Yeah. And he did have, remember, he was star, he was elected to start in the All Star game as a rookie before he got hurt. Yep. He was raking. And then he got hurt. It hurt his power because it was his wrist, I think. It yeah. was his wrist or his hand. It hurt his power. Didn't hit much home runs at all in the second half. But he did have the one 27, 27 homer season, I think it was. Yeah. But that was the outlier. I mean, yeah. people expected that. Here we go. This guy's 30-30 type guy. <laughs> and yeah. That just wasn't the player he was. I would say, I will say that he's probably exceeded expectations defensively. Oh, God, yeah. He's- Far below offensive, but exceeded them defensively. For me, he's the best right fielder I had in my career. Yeah, you know, and I and I had Ichiro too. <laughs> and he could Jay, even play a solid center. Solid center, Jay That's could six, throw, five. covers a ton of ground, and That's the, six five. <laughs> and he's he's a dude you want on your team because he shows up every day to work and plays every day, plays his ass off, always a good attitude, always laughing. You know, and I think that's that's one of the areas where it's kind of unfair to put these expectations on prospects but yeah you see a guy doing what michael harris is doing how can you not get excited yeah it's legit i mean i saw him doing spring training against some good pretty decent pitching too yeah. he faced some good pretty good pitchers in some lineups because he started a bunch of spring training games started some the year before and then this year so he's uh yeah there's no doubt in my mind about that guy uh but you are out in seattle you can you see what can happen if a team's not if there's any doubt about bringing a guy up, there's never going to be there's never going to be 100 certainty. But look, Helenick was like pretty pretty much viewed can't miss out there, right? Oh, they were begging for him to make the, the opening day roster. And look at what know? he's done. And but that's that's another thing is I think that you know maybe you get these expectations on you that you're going to be this superstar all star player right away, and then then he's coming up and trying to be it right away. Yeah. And 
you know, maybe he has this light tower power, but it doesn't play, you know, against major league pitching. He needs to set his sights on being 280 with 15. Yeah. And I think he comes up and he thinks he's got to hit 330 with 40 or he's a failure. Yeah. And you can see, you can watch the guy and see how much he's pressing during games. I mean, he looks tense yeah. and uncomfortable. And I think all that pressure is kind of, you know, it's, it's just mounted and built to him and he's not handling it well. And they finally got to the position, you know, they thought they'd let him play every day finally this year. Yeah. He's hit like a buck 26 and went back to AAA. Yeah. Jared Kellenick, uh this year, because uh, he had a good spring. Hit three homers, 883 OPS in the spring. Uh, comes up, and this is his second time up. Yep. Because he played 93 games last year. Yep. And hit 181. With and a still made the opening day roster. With a 615 OPS. My question is, how do you keep a guy, a prospect, at age 21 up for 93 games Almost 400 plate appearances, hitting 181 with a 615 OPS, 106 strikeouts, and 337 at bats. That's not good well, you, for anybody. No, but when you give up Edwin Diaz for him, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like the organization has gonna, to make that trade look good. And then they just didn't want to send him down because what it can do to a guy. But they should have it backfired on him. And then this year he's up yeah. for 30 games, and he's even worse. He had 140 with a 509 OPS in 96 plate appearances this year in 30 games before he got sent back down. And I bet you he's raking in AAA. And AAA. No, he's only played two games. Yeah, he's only he's played one two 11. games. But <laughs> I last, bet you he'll rake there. But last year in AAA. Oh, yeah. Three, 320 with a 1,016 OPS. Yeah. So that for me is when it's. Yeah, you know, the major leagues is tougher, but for me, that's when a guy is is struggling to handle the pressure and expectations on him. You know, he's trying to do too much when he gets up to the majors. Yeah. You go back down to the minors, you're kind of down on yourself. It takes some pressure off the games. The pitching's not as good. You relax. You know, you're not getting called up in the next couple of weeks, and all of a sudden you're hitting 320. Yeah. Michael Harris, uh, this is his second full season of pro ball. Right, drafted in nineteen out of Stockbridge, Stockbridge High in nineteen third round. What a steal! This is his second full season. Last year at Rome, he had two ninety four, seven ninety eight OPS. Okay, but he got, but after he hit a ton at for long stretches. I mean, it was. There were times where it was really impressive, right? It was there. And then this year, he gets promoted to double uh, A, and he's played 35 games. He's hitting 299, 845 OPS, four homers, 12 doubles, two triples. He's stolen 10 bases in 35 games, 13 attempts. Um, and another thing that's really impressive for me. 352 OBP. In this day and age, that's like a 400 OBP a few yeah. years ago. You know? I mean, that's solid for a guy with some power. That's putting together so, good at bats. Right. So it's really good numbers. But it's not those kind of numbers that are, like, just astounding. Like, why is he still in the minor leagues? You know, there's it's he's still putting up really good numbers for where he is. 21 years old, two years out of high school, a third-round pick. I mean, phenomenal prospect. 
But he is where he needs to be. And I think they need to promote him to AAA like midseason if he keeps doing what he's doing. But uh, there's yeah. no rush. I mean, could he be up here this year? Yeah, if the Braves have a need, you know. Yeah. I mean, if hot. they're really struggling and they're close and they have an injury and they think he could be the guy. But you don't. You got you to be careful with this. You can't just be out of desperation, which you don't have to worry about Alex Anthopoulos doing that. For, for me, the ideal situation is you avoid having to send him down at least. You know, so you call him up early to, to mid-August if, if you feel like he can help you. If he's not helping you, you let him ride out September with that extra roster spot. And the next right. year you tell him, like, look, you know, we gave you we gave you a look last year. You didn't – if things didn't go great for you, you got to make this team. And if they have a crazy spring training, you're like, you know, you give them a shot to actually be on it. But there's yeah. there's nothing more deflating, you know, than, than getting sent down midseason – and getting right. called into that, like you already know you suck, but when it's all right, I'm going back to AAA. I failed. You know, there's there's trying to make the team. Maybe you sign a veteran and you're going to roll with him for a little while and get the guy some more at bats. But um, it nothing hurts your confidence more than just swallowing your pride, packing those bags. Every guy gives you that sad yeah. pat on the back, you know, on your yeah. way out of the clubhouse. Sorry, right, kid, you'll be back. We'll <laughs> you're like, fuck, I don't know, I don't know if I am. This league's pretty tough, you know. And like you said, the good thing is, I mean, that's they have those extra roster spots in September. And depending on where this team is, who knows where this team's going to be. But you can bring them up in September like Freddie Freeman did. Yep. You get a couple of starts. You get a bunch of play, play to, pinch of plate appearances. Uh, but it's not hurting your development because the minor league season's over. Yep. So then you're up here and you can watch the guys and all that, which he's already got to do two spring trainings. And I think that's going to be hugely yeah. beneficial for him. But to get to watch the guys in actual regular season, and they it's could different. be in a playoff push. Yeah. And they could be in a playoff push. So I don't know if they'd want to use one of those spots on it, but I think they still could and should just yeah. to have him there to see that. Because yeah. it helped some guys last year to see that, to be around that. Well, he's, like, he's fast. You know, you can use him on defense taxi and stuff. Squad. Yeah, you could have him run. Like, yep. You know, pinch right run. now you've only got Heredia to do that pinch run mm-hmm. for you. Or you had to use Max Freed some last year. So that would be a very valuable. Or so, if he comes up in August and he rakes, that I mean, maybe he yeah. makes the postseason roster, which, you know, that's a lot of pressure. But you've already got the biggest hurdle, which is a little bit of big league success out of the way. Right. At, at worst, you could have him on the taxi squad like Ed Pache that year. He went in the NLCS and filled in admirably. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. If I had to guess, I think we see him this year, even if it's late season call up. But I think we see him this year. Maybe it's just September, but I think they would do it because they know he's going to be competing for an opening day roster spot, the starting job next year in spring training. I really believe that. So I think if it, if if it's pretty obvious that that's the case, you could add him to the forty because why not? You're going to be doing it in the offseason. Are you going to be doing it next spring anyway? Yeah, and it seems yeah, like teams good. are steering away from the service time manipulation stuff. I don't know right. if it was like a, you know, kind of a handshake agreement with the union or something like that, but they, there was a lot of prospects that made opening day rosters this year that you would have normally seen their, right. their clocks manipulated. Well, and some really good ones, that new rule, they get a full year of service time. If they get like rookie of the year or runner up for him, you know, if yeah. they get votes for certain rewards and all that. Well, if you're a team, you're looking at that going, okay, I got, I gave up a full year of service time and I didn't bring this guy up until July. We could yeah. have got two more months out of him. Which, if you got a guy like Acuna and you call him up late yeah. May, he's probably still going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, so you would Acuna would have been a classic case of this new rule. He would have been up yeah. opening day because of this new rule. Acuna yeah. would have been, no doubt. And I think Michael Harris could be the same thing because he's a Rookie of the Year type guy, type yeah. talent. 
So if you think there's a chance he could get rookie of the year, a runner-up, whatever that – I have to look at the rule, but get a service – a full year of service yeah. time, then you're shooting yourself in the own, in your foot. Yeah, because you either want not, him to fail and not get that award. By not getting those extra two months out yeah. of him when he might have helped you win some games. Yeah. And he's going to be eligible for arbitration anyway and for free agency, and you didn't even get the full time out of him. Yeah. So that's a good rule. I like that rule. They could make it even stronger if they have to, but I think for, for this year it worked. Yeah. It did its intended purposes. One of the few rules that MLB has done that actually is working. Unlike the uh, extra innings rule oh, that you're not a fan of, and I don't think at this point many Braves fans are a fan of, I like the rule in principle, but man, it really has not worked out for the Braves. They just have not figured out how to do it. They've or they've been bad. They've had bad luck doing it. They but did even, it yesterday, and they still lost. Even when they score, they lose because <laughs> they don't score enough. <laughs> even when they score a run, the other team scores more. But man, that they have sucked in extra innings since that rule went into place. And I can't figure out, you know, I mean, because I'm rooting for the Braves. I can't figure out if I hate the rule just because it hasn't worked for them. Like, I don't Probably. feel like they've, I don't know if they've won a single game with that they rule. They have, but not many. You know, it feels like it feels like it benefits them one out of 20 games and hurts them uh, another 19. They went five and nine in extra innings last year. They are 0 and 2 this year. So, so five, five and 11. 11. Yeah. That's not good. More team that won the World Series last year. <laughs> you know, sometimes I like it when I'm going to try to see a game through. I like it, but because of that, I don't know. I mean, I think we would have been there for four and a half, five hours yesterday if that rule was not in place. It's hard to swallow getting a walk off two run homer, a two run solo shot hit off you. You know, what I mean, yeah, like Chavez makes one bad pitch and they get walked off. Yeah. And it wasn't even that bad of a pitch. No, it was just caught a little too much plate, and he led the guy out there with a the cutter, and he ran into it. But a guy yeah. ran oh into a, God. a, a two it. two run solo shot, and that two ball solo shot that ball hit what halfway up that screen. Oh my God, it did, man! And that was one. That was there were like four home runs in this series, or five. When I said, "Okay, that ball is flying just like it always did," yeah, and that leads me to what we've discussed here is how different the ball is behaving now in some places and not others. And I'm totally convinced it's because of the humidor. Me too. Some places are either turning it off. They're not putting the balls in there early enough for it to have its effect, but it's got to be the balls because it literally, the ball was fine. Like the Ozuna home run. These are flying up in the second deck, which we did not see in the first month of the season. No, especially like out in San Diego and at Truist park and, and at Dodger Stadium, balls were going up that high. And then when they got near the warning track, they're dropping like ducks that have been shot. And that was, ball just kept going. I was watching Juan Soto highlights. You know, for whatever reason, a clip came up on my feed today. And the balls he was hitting the last two years, he's still raking this year, but his homers are going out, you know, 5, 10, 15 rows. He was yeah. hitting balls that looked like they were 600 feet, you know, the way the ball had been flying. And I'm, I agree with you, you know, it's – you haven't seen too many of those like Ozuna hit and balls, the high fly balls that, that just don't no. come down. Or like that game ender. Yeah. I no, I mean, that, that ball was, I don't know how StatCast does the math. And I'm, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks that StatCast toned those numbers down. You know, when you like that ball Ozuna hit yeah. and, at Fenway, and we're like, we've yeah. never seen a ball hit there before. And they're like 430. Right. You know, it was a way to what like, they call that one yesterday. I didn't see, but I bet it, I bet they'll say 421. 
Even though it was that, it was fifty feet high, we ran over the four hundred foot fence. Thing was four eighty at least. But I think you're right. I think the humidor. I, that's kind of what I'm wondering, and I have a hard time wrapping my head around that it could help in places that it's humid. But the thing is, like she, like Doctor Wills pointed out, the balls just behave differently because the seams don't do the same thing as the leather. Right. So in some places where it's more humid. The balls are tightening up, drying out, if you will, hardening up a little bit. But the seams aren't. So the seams are still raised. Mm. In other places that are dry, they're becoming more moist. Right? So the right. seams theoretically wouldn't be as high in those places. So it's just all different variables. And that's what MLB did not take into account. They thought it would simply be put humidors in every place. The balls are going to be all the same. You've got but different they weather look, everywhere. They, they yeah. didn't ask doctors about, you know, physicists about uh, Dr. Will's ball deconstructionist about the effects and how long it takes. Because they did, for one thing, they're not putting them in there long enough. It's like two weeks, they said that's not long enough to have the full effect. And does every humidor, is every humidor working? Are all the balls being kept inside there? Because you watch batting practice and guys are using balls that aren't in humidors. And they're flying. And they're flying like always, yeah. like usual. Yep. And then they get into games and they're dying like ducks, you know, shot over the warning track. Okay, so that makes sense though, because you know, so weather's always been a factor. April, you know, you know, you go yeah. into Philly in April, you might get away with one. You go into, you know, even some of the like City Field. You go into City Field in April, right. you're gonna get away with some mistakes. But as the weather heated up, this is this is the way it used to be before the ball just started going 700 feet if you right. if you barreled it at any angle. Uh, but it used to be, you know, April May, you knew you were gonna get away with some stuff. Then once it got hot in the summer. Yeah. The ball was just going to cut through that air because it was going to get it, it was going to get hotter. The ball was going to fly. It makes sense to me though that if the seams are the same now, so they're raised in those areas, then that that cool you know early season weather actually had an effect on the baseball again. Mm-hmm. Where whatever they did before, it didn't matter what the weather was, that thing was flying out of the park. Uh, Jason wrote a great article today. Jason I saw that about the Phillies. And I think the Braves are the other team that has been affected like that because the Braves are another team built for power, for better or worse, for home runs, for the home runs. And while they were hitting with solos early, but even then they weren't hitting nearly as many home runs as they thought they should have hit, right? Or or how many three-run fly balls to the warning track. Right. And the Phillies are the same thing. The Phillies go out west to Seattle, and I forgot what else they was San Francisco. I think they went to – I think they played the Dodgers. Okay, so they went out there, and all of a sudden they were getting the home runs that they've been looking for all season, and they weren't getting before. Yeah, guys were hitting the same thing because they had like the highest hard hit rate disparity between hard hit rate and actual balls leaving the park. Really similar to the Braves. Braves early on had these hard hit rates and barrel rates and everything that should have been expected. Slugging was much much higher than they were actually doing. The Phillies like that the ball Acuna thing. hit that had a hundred percent hit probability. Right. You know, got caught at the track. And the Phillies are the same way, even more so probably because they're totally built for home runs. So if you're not hitting home runs, they go out west and they're getting them, and then they come home and they're not. So it's like something with the weather and the ball, and it's not a coincidence, man. No, and I think the Braves really that really affected them early. Am I, am I suggesting that that's been their biggest problem? No, not at all. But that's been one of their problems. Yeah. Like that's that's not even close to being their biggest problem. But that hurts. There are a lot of games that they had balls die at the warning track in that early well, road trip. Well, important situations, San Diego too. And LA. Yeah. 
San Diego and LA, man, they were balls just falling. And when you're a team built for home runs, it's going to affect you more than a team that that knows how to play a lot of small ball. And they don't do that. And but there's not a lot of those teams either. No, there's not. There's not. And but some teams like the Yankees have two guys who can hit them out of the Grand Canyon, and they have, uh, as as a uh, as a man manager said last week, a little league ballpark because right got, field is is ridiculous there. Yep. So you combine that with two guys who can hit them nine hundred feet. Judge hits them out anywhere. And Stant's going to get some cheapies to right field. Well, that's well, a great point. Yeah, because I mean, you got short. You got Rizzo. He gets to hit to yeah. the short porch. Oh, he's, he's, he's got ones. donkey power anyway, but LeMahieu can go opposite field. Yeah. If Stanton or Judge get him, I don't care if they're hitting a ball that's been in a lake right. for three months. Yeah. You know, that thing's going out. Yeah, they hit him 120 miles. It's not going to affect the guys. Rizzo's with the had a couple crazy of power. that I saw. Oh, yeah. He hit, he hit a few, and he looked at the dugout Routine and was fly. like, Routine fly balls. Yeah. He, he threw his hands up like, I thought I popped up, you know, jogging to first base laughing. Yeah. So. It's going to be interesting how this all plays out, but it's it's no doubt had an effect, man. Yeah. Um, another Jason had a great stat. He got this from Elias. The Braves did something yesterday that no team had done since the Dodgers in August 2020. They led entering the bottom of the 9th, 10th, and 11th and lost the game. I don't count oh. it. That's only a two-year-old stat. Yeah, only other team in the last 20 years to lead the 19th, the Dodgers in 2020. But you're right. The game's totally different. So what happened before that rule really doesn't matter a whole yeah. lot. I mean, it's a much more impressive stat if you did it before that or a much more depressive stat. <laughs> You'd have to look up teams that had led by two, you know, because yeah. it's basically yeah. what a one-run lead. You're right. It's not you're right. safe because you're getting a free run if you get a single. And then if you manufacture a run, there's a two spot. So you'd have to go back and look at teams that had done it up by two. And that's yeah. so much harder to come back from. I tell you what, man, what has hurt the Braves in some of these games, and I have to go look it up, is when you're not going with your real horses in some of those situations, if you're burnt, if you're if you're resting a couple of guys, you use your pen a lot, like the Braves did before yesterday, and you got to rely on guys like Chavi, God bless him. But you don't want Chavi pitching with a guy at second base to start an inning. Well, you can't. Chavi, Chavi's a guy that can't afford to walk somebody or give up free bases. You know, he's he's pitching the contact, mm -hmm. and if you give him a full inning, you know, he's going to give up a hit. Chavi's going to give base. up. Right. Somebody's going to flare a single to right or get a knock off of Chavi every inning. But if you give him an inning to work through, he's yeah. going to bear down and find a way out of it. And this takes away that ability from him. Yeah. When now he has to be second, perfect. You can't you can't pitch contact really. You tell Chavi he give he he gives up his leadoff double. And he's going to give up a hit every inning anyway, you know, yeah. so now he has to be perfect. If you brought Strider in that situation, yeah, there's a good chance you get out of it because he might strike out the side, but that's not Chavi's style. You need a Strider or Kimbrel or Kenley Jansen. There, you have to you have know? strikeout guys or you have to walk the first guy and, and hope for Kenley's, a double play. And even Kenley's not a total strikeout guy. You Kenley know? can not give like, up a bloop single, but right. when, like Kenley's thing is kind of similar to Chavi where he's giving up balls that are 47 miles per hour off the bat. One of those is going to fall in. Right. Somebody's going to strike out, and he'll get the next the other two guys out. However, by making by throwing strikes. But, but let's not put Kenley and Chavi in the same sentence. No, I'm just Kenley. saying as far as like contact goes, yeah. way extreme. But he's going to get better version of Chavi. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get bad contact. You have to be a strikeout guy to really feel good in those situations. Right. 
Right. When, when I give up a leadoff double, you know, when I was at my best, my mindset was, well, that guy's scoring. Let's not let it get any worse. And sometimes you get out of it. Sometimes you don't. But that mindset keeps it to a one spot. And giving up one never really hurts you. Yeah. Unless it's a, unless it's the situation that you get thrown into in extras where you can't have that mindset. You have to be perfect now. It's yeah. it's just such a tough position to put a relief pitcher in. Um, I looked this up yesterday, and, and I know it probably doesn't feel this way to a lot of fans who are very understandably pissed right now or frustrated. But the Braves, since the beginning of last season, before yesterday, had been 95-2 and two in games in which they led at the end of the eighth inning, yeah. including 16-0 this year. I mean, Kinley's been, fuck, he's been great, man. He's, he's been, been great. perfect. Um, that was a great piece of hitting yesterday by Wong. To start that inning. Yep. That was just, that was a good piece of hitting. He's um, a good player. Yes. And he's very good defensively. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. I thought a big positive to come out of this. It's hard to take positives, I know, for fans when you lose two out of three to Milwaukee. But, man, they were in all those games. They could have easily won, swept that series, but at least won two out of three. Uh, the big positives were a couple of guys that have that have been waiting for to come alive. Marcelo Zuna is finally hitting again. Yep. Uh, they got to have that continue, obviously, because he has sucked most of the year. I thought a big positive Tuesday, Tucker Davidson. I was not expecting that. No. Because he wasn't doing much in AAA. To, to, he only came up because it was it fell on his day, you know? Yeah. He threw and great. He, five scoreless innings, three hits, three walks, and a 3-0 shutout. I, if he pitches like that again, you're going to keep him on the rotation. He's going to get another chance to start, obviously. He could be your fifth guy that we thought Elder was going to be. But we'll see. He's so got I felt like he was, really, he was really pitching in that start, too. You know, he was mixing right. it up a lot more. He wasn't trying to just yep. strike guys out. And throw hard, you know. I felt like he really pitched and had a good mix, which you know, that's how you get out of jams. And he's got some experience. He's pitched in majors a couple of years. Pitched in a, in a World Series, got knocked around, but he pitched in a World Series. So it's not like you know Elder's stepping in with no experience at all and figuring out as he goes. Davidson knows what it takes to succeed this level, and and can he do it? That's the only question. But I I, I like him for that spot. I'm I'm more comfortable with him than anybody else they've got right now. If you're not going to use Strider there and you can't use Strider there now because there's such a need in the bullpen now with Matzik down. I think so Matzik was your strikeout guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a strikeout guy. Matzik was your strikeout guy for the last two years. And obviously Strider, I mean, I don't know what his numbers are, but he, he's got to be up there in in K rate with anybody in the league. He's your he's your Josh Hader, man. You gotta yeah. use him like Josh Hader right now. Like I Josh like it. Hader. Like Hader used to be used multi innings a lot. Yep. A, a lot. Not anymore, but he did. He used to a lot. You gotta use him like a young Josh Hader, right? Because he can go two innings now, two high leverage innings. Yeah. And there's a good chance that he's gonna strike out just about everybody, you know? I mean, he is legit. Long term, I still think you have to look at him as a starter, give him that chance to work on that change up a little bit more because he could be devastating. Whatever role he's going to pitch in, he can be devastating. And I think that's probably what's what's holding him back from getting those starts is, you, you know, one, when a guy calls up, comes up to the big, you want them to have success because the confidence is the biggest hurdle. Yeah. But but I think what's what's holding him back from getting those starts is that third pitch. And I'm trying to think of starters – Gossman, Gossman's kind of a two pitch guy. 
You know, there's some, there's a lot of, but look at all the shit Gossman had to go through to get to where he is to be a two pitch major league starter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an uphill battle that he could lose a lot of confidence trying to start and getting humbled, or you can just let him pitch in the big leagues and blow everybody away for a year. Know he can get big league hitters out and then try him starting. And then, and then he has a whole off season and spring training to work on the change. Prepare. Yeah. I mean, if he adds a good changeup, because he's shown it, if he adds a legit changeup, oh, my God. Well, and that's perfect, too, because you go into spring training, and he knows he can be in the major league bullpen. And and this is what I tell him, too. is like, look, you're on our team. Mm -hmm. We want you to start. If this doesn't work, you're in our pen, and you're doing the same shit you did last year because you can easily tone down his innings. But you tell him. Throw a shit ton of changeups and and find a way to make that pitch work this spring, and we'll give you a rotation spot. Yeah. If it fails, you know, if you're struggling with it, rather than have you go down and and start and try to figure it out in AAA, you have so much value in that Josh Hader role for us. We're keeping you on the big league staff, and that's look how much money Andrew Miller made in that role. Yeah. You well, know, it's not like you can't have a good career doing that. And another thing, Kenley Jansen's only signed to a one year deal. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Is it far fetched to see Strider as closer next year? I don't well, think the so. Only, the only obstacle would be if Matzik kept throwing the ball the way he had. I, I want Strider there more yeah. than Matzik. Just yeah, he, I agree. I, and and the thing with Strider, the only reason I worry at all about him as a starter is he is such a machismo. Oh yeah, he's blowing everybody away. Swagger that I th- I find it hard to believe that he could dial it back and throw the fastball ninety six ninety seven because how how many innings can you go throwing ninety nine to hundred fastballs over and over and over again? I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know if I want him doing that. But when you got that fastball, you got to learn to rein it in. I don't know that he's that I want to even ask him to try to do that. But so I don't know. He, he strikes me as a reliever when I watch him pitch. Yeah, you know maybe yeah. that's just the role he's embracing because the role he's been man. put in. But he I mean, he's trying to close. He reminds me uh, his breaking ball is not Kimbrel's, but his fastball is Kimbrel's where it's, it's not just 98. It's a sneaky 98 and it plays up. And I think his spin, you know, in a major league fastball, if you're getting above 2200 spin on a four seam, it's pretty damn good. And he's throwing them 2350, 2400. And that's when you're seeing that ride on it that yeah, guys obviously know he's challenging them with the heater. And yeah. he's beating him with it anyway. Like he's just blowing it past him, and that's that ride you're seeing. That yeah, I don't know that you can teach, but when guys have it, it's it's tough to hit. And it's easy ninety nine gas, and yeah. he does that spin like it, hitters want to beat him so bad. <laughs> yeah. He does that little flourish at the end, like yeah, yeah I got you. You know, it's just a badass man. The dude's yeah. a bad that mustache. I mean, and yeah. you know, from the bottom waist down, he's Kimbrel with the legs. Yeah. Similar body all over as Kimbrel. Yeah. Same height, but those yep. legs, he's getting so much power from those legs, which is why I think I like him, his chances to stay healthy, even though he had Tommy John three years ago. You know, it's effortless gas. I mean, I know it's yeah. not effortless. I know he's throwing maxing out, but it doesn't it's look controlled. like it. It, yeah. it, that, that when He's not grunting see, and falling all over the place. And that's the thing is, is when you're in control – it can. You, he's trying way harder to throw that ball than you think. Right. Like he's putting. He's right. putting something on it every time he throws it. Yeah. But his athleticism and his body control is so good that it looks effortless, and that's that's just as big a, a part of staying healthy is the control in your delivery. 
versus like you see some guys are just flying all over the place like Alvarado for the Phillies. Yeah. He's he's almost in the dugout by the time his delivery is done. Yeah. And the ball's going everywhere too. But you watch Strider, it's, it's it's pretty consistent with his delivery and it looks easy because of how controlled he is. Even though I could tell you he's he's not trying to throw 92 when he steps on the mound. Yeah. He only threw a lot of people said why take him out yesterday because he had thrown two innings two nights yeah. before. And they're trying off. to be careful with this guy. Yeah, man, one day off. So they're easing him into pitching him more and more, you know, two times in three days in a very high leverage role. And he'll probably so, be down today. Yeah. Well, they're off today. So Well, there you go. He's definitely yeah. not pitching today. And then he can pitch, you know, be ready for So tomorrow he's ready. Yeah. Right. So I like that the way they're using him. Because, man, he's, he's throwing so hard that I hate to see him get out. I, I, I would just, if I were them, I'd be careful with this guy because he is special, special. That arm is special. Woo. His fastballs. He threw 11 pitches, 10 fastballs. Velo in the 10 in that inning. Struck out all three guys. 98 <laughs> the lowest two were 98.7, 98.9. The highest was 100.6. Eight were 99.1 or higher. God, it's so much different. I remember when J.J. Putts would touch 98. Yeah. And it was gas. And now yeah. you're talking about a guy sitting. He sat 98 to 101. Yeah. Yeah. That's just where he's, that's where he's living. That's what he does. That's, his, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to see. And he does it. Like I said, it's easy gas, too. That guy's. Ooh, I'm, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, if you if you if he is going to be your closer next year, if you don't even have him really worry about developing the changeup more and just have him work, focus on that slider, boy, if he could get the the kind of devastating slider Kimbrel had, yeah, man, it Fair. wouldn't even be. I mean, that's that's why you saw like for Kimbrel, that's why you saw the insane strikeout numbers. Because he had a fastball like Strider has, and if Kimbrel just had his fastball and a doo doo slider, yeah, he's he's still a closer and having an amazing career like he did. But Kimbrel had a wipeout breaking ball, yeah. And Kimbrel's still really tough. I watched him the other day, but he's not close to being the Kimbrel he, he was. doesn't have that ninety nine anymore. No, you know, it's ninety five no. to ninety seven. Right, he's just a really good closer now. He's not. Yeah, he's not the special elite top five type guys. Yeah, he's just a really good reliever. Yeah. I know they'd love to have Spencer Strider. I know they'd love to have uh, Kenley Jansen. They probably yeah. wish they had spent the money on Kenley Jansen instead yeah. of waiting around and let the Braves sweep him up. Cause yeah, but they're happy with Freddie. He's <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But they could have had both. You know, yeah, I mean, easy. Yeah, they ended up what they ended up paying Kimbrel. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Kenley had, by the way, had converted twenty six consecutive save opportunities going back to July twenty second. In the 46 appearances since then, he's got a 171 ERA. So, I mean, this guy's he's still really good. And he's and he's man, he's he's uh adapted too to not having the stuff he once had. I'm really impressed with what a pitcher he is. Well, he's this is the thing about him is is he does a great job of just mixing in that two seamer. Yeah. Mixing in a straight fastball because you know, obviously everybody's hunting the cutter and they really struggle to hit it, but once in a while they could run into it. And then he mixes in that two-seamer yeah. and the swings he gets on those, or or even when they just take it on the outside corner, you know, he's done a good job of this is what you do is you start losing your stuff, but he's learned how to pitch as he's as he's gotten older and he's yeah. still got the extension, he's still got the cutter. Uh he's 
I've been really impressed because all I would see is just stuff of Dodgers fans complaining about right. Kenley and is he going to get it back or is he right. washed? Is he done? And then getting to watch him pitch this year, I'm like, that's about yeah. as good as you can ask for from a closer. Yeah. So Ozuna speaking of six for 19 with three homers and 1171 OPS in his last five games. That is a sight for sore eyes. The Braves need that so badly because, like I said, he had sucked before that. He was hitting 203 with four homers and a 582 OPS in his first 33 games. So he's really looked a lot better. That swing of his is finally, he's making, he's flush, he's squaring up balls coming through the, you know, he's, He's, he's keeping a bat in the zone like he always does, but he just had had not been something had been out of whack before that. And he wasn't hitting, he was he was popping up so many balls. But that I thought he looked like the old Azuna in, in, in the Milwaukee series and one game before that too. Austin Riley. Who ahead. he is. You know, well, I just think yeah. that that's like he's got a lot of moving parts in his yeah, in his swing. His feet and move. I, he, it's so unconventional. There's so much going on, and he's just a freak. You know, he's just freakishly strong and has freak bat speed that yeah. it works for him. But there's just going to be phases where he does this for two weeks at a time, and then there's going to be phases where he struggles. You know, and it's just – I don't know what's better. You know, would you rather have a guy that, that can't do what he can do when he's completely on? It's kind of like and, Justin Upton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of who it reminds me of is like, you know, when he's on – there's nowhere to carry your offense. Yeah. And when he's off, he's just a black hole in the lineup. I think you can um, afford to have one or two of those in your lineup, but you can't have six right. in case they all go cold at the same time. The Braves could could afford it last year when they'd have like five other guys going at once. They can't yeah. afford it this year when they've had like two guys going maximum at the same time. They need him this year. Austin Riley hit a mammoth three-run homer Wednesday, yeah. and they needed to see that so badly because he has really struggled lately after that great first month. He, uh, By the way, he's the first guy to homer twice off Corbin Burns since the beginning of the last season. The first guy to do it twice. That was his eighth homer of the year, but his first since May 2nd. In the 13 games between those home run games, he was eight for 51 with one RBI, four walks, and 19 strikeouts. We talked about that, how – being at home on the homestand with a new baby, how it could have affected him. Who knows? I was up at 5.15 this morning. <laughs> uh, the Braves offense scored three runs. or I'm sorry. They scored in three of the first 27 innings of that three-game series. Three run, or three innings out of 27 that they scored. The Brewer, they ran in some great pitching. Yeah. But last year they ran into great pitching, and that's who they hit the most last year, it seemed like, you know. And earlier this year, a couple times, they hit good pitching with the team they had last year, and the team this year should hit good pitching as well. That's almost the same guys, with the exception of Freddie, you know, big exception. But Olsen has been Olsen's been fine. He's not as hot as the, as he's going to get, but he's been okay. I mean, he he had struggled though. Uh he had struggled for a while. And and he, and he, early on, he was you know OPS and he was hitting like four hundred early. We knew that wasn't going to last. And he was he was getting hard hit balls that weren't falling. Now he was crushing right. it. Right. Another positive, obviously, is Acuna's return after missing six game five games with that groin strain. That one first game back, I thought he really was classic Acuna. What he can do to a lineup because he was on the bases every time. You know, had a couple walks, infield hit, reached on an error, stole a base, went to advanced on that on that fly out to advance to third. He was showing off those wheels and loving it. So that was a huge good sign. And the fact that he played right field yesterday after DH and the night before, I thought was really big in a day game. 
So that's really good. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him here in Miami where he blew out his knee. Do you play him in the outfield? I heard BJ, Brian Jordan, say yesterday he wouldn't play him in the outfield at all there. I disagree with that. I don't you think get you over can, that hurdle. I, I think you have to. It's three games. I think he's got to play one of those games in right field or else it's just going to be thinking about it more, sitting in the dugout while he's DH and going, they don't want to play me in right field because I blew my knee out of here. Yeah. At some point, he's going to get out there, remember that's where he got hurt, and then at some point yeah. he's going to have to make a similar catch, catch it, and move on. Yeah, I and mean, it's not like that field is like the old veteran stadium with seams no. like this between the turf, you know. Right. It just happened there. It was, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, anyway, but that was good to see. That was a big plus. Um, Olsen still leads the majors in doubles, 15, has an 820, 820 OPS. But he's the only qualified batter on the team with an 8 OPS over 800. They got another like 799. But, I mean, that's pretty bad, man. He had 373, 479 OBP, and 1,089 OPS in his first 16 games as a break. Since then, 22 games, including the two-hit game yesterday, he's hit 171 with a 296 OBP and a 625 OPS. So, you remember that big um, poppy quote it, when he was talking about you know how much harder it is for him to hit because he gets everybody's best. Yeah, I kind of think that's the spot Olsen worked himself into with that hot start is is that we're not going to let this guy beat us. Because if you watch, I mean, he gets pitched extremely carefully right now. Especially with everybody else struggling, except for Riley for a, lo- for a long stretch was yeah. the only guy hidden. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously going to key on, on those two guys. And, and as a result, we're probably seeing what we've seen the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, the other guys... Man, I just have – this year, it's like I've seen a different Ozzie Albies. He's not yeah. hitting the ball hard like he did in the past. I don't – he's got some swings that look so just blah, you know? He's not – doesn't look like the same guy to me. I don't know why. Ozzie, for me, just it's just depends on the type of at-bats he's having. You know, I feel like he gives up a lot of at-bats. Comes up mm-hmm. and swings first pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and there, there's plenty of guys – it you, out to left field, pops up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. In big situations too, you know, trying to trying to do too much, um, but that's also you know that's that can be a result of the offense struggling and, and him wanting to step to step up. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that you know, I don't want to keep going back to Freddie, but I think that's something that they're missing. You know, I like right. watched the Dodgers game yesterday or two days ago, and Freddie comes up in a huge situation and just flicks a single to left. You know, yeah. I, I even corner, even just that ball to the corner. Yeah, but even just that mindset of yeah. not trying to do too much. Um, Yep. Watching somebody, no watching your big dog go up there and just flick his single and keep the line moving, you know, I mean, that's contagious. And I think that they're in a position right now where a lot of guys are are trying to fix it all in one swing. Yeah, and that should not fall on Matt Olson because that's not the type of player he is. No, Olsen's not like, him. And 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 he but, walks right. He walks and hits and launches towering fly balls home yeah. runs to right field. I asked Matt Olson by the way last week on that one game where he hit two towering foul balls that yeah. were in upper deck and right field. I mean, they were moonshots that would have landed on top of the uh, chop house if he just straightened them out a little bit. And he said, that's when I know I'm going good when I'm starting to elevate to the pool side. So I yeah. I think he's about to go on a tear. We'll see. Um, they need it. Uh, they've got the, these – since the last four weeks, four weeks, these guys have OPS under 600. Ozzie Albies, 598. Adam Duvall, who's having a bad year. 543 and Ozuna 521. Now, Ozuna at least is showing signs and popping of coming out of it. They need a lot more from Duvall, a lot more from Albies. 
I'm glad to see Dansby finally hitting. You know, the last couple of weeks he's hitting, but they need more yeah. from him, obviously, and more consistency from him. But that's that's a good one. It's a good sign. But they just got to get a bunch of guys going at once, man. Four or five guys going at once, like they did last year yeah. after they took off. They had so much of the lineup clicking at once. Right. I mean, that's the thing with, is you just you can't have guys going that bad. Yeah, you know, like you can be off. Or, you know, he's not really hitting right now. He's he's struggling, but you can't have. It's really hard to to put together. To, to pile on runs when you have like three or four guys in your lineup that are going that bad where they're almost just an out. And when your bullpen is not what it was last year because guys have been hurt, so you can't count on the bullpen holding it down for like five or six innings if necessary until the offense comes alive. Yeah. So uh, just real quick, the, ba- the Braves hitters lead are tied for the Major League League with 370 strikeouts. Here's the one that's killing, that's killing them. They're 16th in OPS at 684. They're behind the Mariners, barely ahead of the Cubs. They are tied with Baltimore for 20th in OBP with runners in scoring position six at 297. This is where this team is so different than last year's. Last year, in, with runners in scoring position, they led the majors in 822. At yeah. 822. They're 646 this year in OPS with runners in scoring position. I mean, I just I wonder how how much the balls changed that. Well, I know Freddie's changed that a lot because he let you know he was a monster yeah. in those situations, yeah. and Duvall was a monster last year. So you take yeah. out the two because Duvall's just not doing it this year. Yeah, but Freddie and Duvall were as close to automatic as just about anybody in the majors. Duvall, yeah. especially with two outs, but both of them were just last year with runners in scoring position were just beasts. Yeah, you don't have anybody doing that right now for them, and you got to get it. Well, even knowing that, you know, knowing there's for me the thing I hated when I was in those big situations was a guy like Markakis coming up that I know right. is going to take his Foul damn single balls. to left. So what you're trying not to get to that situation with him, the guy in front of him gets better pitches. When the guy on deck, okay, he might hit a three run homer off you, but if you make your pitches, you know you're getting him out. I'm pitching around Olson. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of like it, looking at the lineup. There's got to be some guys that are just getting the singles in those situations, and I think that that's probably what's hurt them the most is those fly balls that are getting caught at the track. We're getting out of the park now. You got your three spot. When that's a fly ball to the warning track, it's another zero. Yeah, um, and just to make sure that I that I, that, that I read my stats correctly here, the the Braves are overall. And this is overall batting. They are 20th in the majors with a 297 OBP. 20th. I mean, they are tied with Baltimore for OBP. That's because they're they're striking out so much. They're not drawing those walks. But they're striking out a ton, which is okay if you're going to also hit a bunch of home runs and get some walks, get some OBP. But they don't have any guys that are getting on base a lot this year at all. And then in, with OPS and runners in scoring position, like I said, 646 after leading the majors at 822 last year. Runners in yeah. scoring position, OPS. They are behind the Nationals and the Rangers in OPS with runners in scoring position. Yeah. So those are big, huge disparities. And I know we're only a quarter of the way into the season, but those are huge disparities. So um, and that's about it. I, I also, I, you don't want to you don't want your team to benefit by another team's injuries, but I know Braves fans are like Mets fans are waiting to and see bad what happens karma. With, with Scherzer, right? Because the Mets, I know 
the Mets, man, they already had McGill down with biceps, biceps thing. DeGrom obviously is not pitched yet, and he's there's no timetable yet for him. Scherzer leads the game last night, pulls himself out of a game, so you know it was bad enough. Yeah. But he has a left, he has like a zinger, as he said, down his left side, which he's never had an injury on his left side, he said. But you said you thought it sounded like oblique, right? Well, I mean, that's obviously bad karma, but that, that you know, to even hope for something like right, that. Right. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying hope, but I'm just saying yeah, it is what no, it I'm is. Not, the Mets are, yeah. you know, build on. That would be the worst injury just for him because that's your pull side. And it's, you can't throw without pulling with that oblique. So that's something you have to completely shut down. Yeah. You know, and, and wait on. Um, you know, I mean, when you, when I saw him do it and he started going like this right away, I thought Tommy John because, you know, a guy feels a pop on their elbow and they're like, well, that's it. You know, you know it. Right. He didn't even try to throw a pitch. So, you know, right. it's, it's somewhat serious. Um, but without him, you know, and McGill, it's, that's going to be tough for them because those they're are lucky they got some depth. But yeah, those are, I, I was watching though, man. And it was like, you know, it's, it's amazing when the Mets are playing well, that environment is incredible. Yeah. And yeah. they're they've been playing well. They were winning again last High night. Energy, it was man. just it was just party time in that park. And then Scherzer pulled himself out of the game, and the right. air in that stadium just yeah, just it was you know, silent. I hate to see it with any guy. Yeah, that's one of my favorite guys to watch, and he has been one of my favorite guys to watch a long time. The way he yeah. talks about yeah, any baseball fan loves watching Scherzer, and you hate to see guys like that when they get older and yeah. the little things that never used to pop up. Start to bother him every five starts or so. Yeah, it's just like Charlie. You know, it's like little nagging stuff or little adjustments they can't make. Charlie has avoided injuries, thankfully. But last year he had, you know, they had a couple of things. But you just hate uh, seeing older guys start to kind of, I don't want to say break down because Scherzer is a long way from that, but just little stuff. You hate to see them when they can't just go out and be glorious for eight innings like they could for year after year after year. Yeah, and then, then you pride seen, yourself. You pride yourself on yeah. I take the ball and I throw, and I'm. Yeah, he's the I'm last throwback. guy I still in the. Go eight. Yeah, he's the last guy in the world you'd expect to pull himself out of a game, and yeah. you know that's you know he's learned that lesson the last few years. He's had like the hamstring and things popping up and trying to be careful, but yeah, I hate to see it too. It I, sucks. Yeah, I tell you what, old man. Sucks. I tell you what, it makes you appreciate Maddox because he was a man who knew his limits, and at yep. the end when he became a five and fly guy. He somehow yep. managed to squeeze out another five years more than people probably thought and still be yep. a good pitcher, you know? Yep. But he didn't stick around till seventh or eighth and get hurt. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> and he wasn't trying to throw harder than he could either. Nope. But yeah, it's, a, it's a tough do getting what old sucks. Do. You tell him me, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I am That's you, it. <laughs> All right, everybody, hang in there and uh I know this is your tough times for your Bravos, and but it's still – and you don't want to hear us say it's early, so we won't say that. But just keep in mind what happened last year. I know it's, you can't count on doing that again. But the, they got a lot of pieces. They got a yeah. lot of pieces. And you know, Alex, if they're close and there's any chance, Alex is going to go out and get more. He's going to yeah. go out and get more if they need if – if there's any chance of them contending, he's going to go out and get more because they're not going to follow up this season. They're filling that park, man. And they yeah. they know how these they're seeing the coffers get filled, and you don't do that by waving a white flag because your walk up crowds start to dwindle, and even tickets that you sold are not going to be used. So that atmosphere is not going to be there if you give up. No, you got to keep so, this going. So they and not that they're even thinking about that in May, but I'm just saying even in July, if they're close, they're they are not. Moves. Yeah, they're not going to. They're going to be. They're going to add. They. I don't see this team subtracting under any circumstances. So. And, and they go to Miami this week, 
It ain't going to get easier because Miami's got a hell of a pitching staff. Yeah. But those that's a team the Braves can beat if they just play well. They And look at it this way. They almost took two two out of three from the Brewers twice in two weeks. And the Brewers yeah. lead the Central easily. In so, Milwaukee. There you go. Against their, good, their best pitchers, too. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it. Thanks a lot, everybody. 755 is real. We're out. Mm-hmm.